featuring Dallas Penn. Yo, internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show. Get ready. The Combat Jack Show.com. Looky here. Looky here. Oh, looky who in the motherfucking room. We got Premium Pete. What's up, Premium Pete? What's going on, Combat? Looky here. We got Ben Hamid in the building. No matter about me. None of this matters about me, Pete, or even you right now. Looky here. Who we got in here? You know what, Ben, I mean, when you say that, you're right. None of this matters about anybody in here, really. Real talk, except True. Combat Jack. No, no, we no, got no, Dallas Penn you. in no, the no, building. No, 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 He's back no, no, no. from flying kites. Round of applause for <laughs> Dallas Penn. Shit. So Dallas Penn, man. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Combat Jack. How are you feeling, man? Man, listen, fantastic. Fantastic. But, but you know what? No, I was feeling a little kind of way in the last several days where people keep saying to me yo 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 and, and it 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 made me feel like at first when people tell me yo where the fuck you at on the combat jackson i'm like what man i'll punch you in the face where the fuck i'm at but um but i, I didn't I, I thought that i was scared that people thought they were missing something that they were that something was being taken from them but motherfuckers were missing something you dallas penn is irreplaceable b I was scared that people thought they were missing something from the podcast. When when the truth is, the consistent element of this podcast from day one, because because when you talk about day one, we're talking about Boss Not Just Dave. Yes. Alongside Combat Jack. When, when you talk about day one, we're talking about Combat Jack. We're not talking about Dallas Penn, Premier P, I Ben mean, Ami, Matt Raz, NY Delight, stop. Jazz Fly, Fucky Fuck. With a fuck, fuck, dick and, butt. And, hold on, stop, for a stop, stop all that, man. Okay, I understand. I understand that people enjoy me inside here with you guys. I understand that, and I, I, I appreciate that totally. When we get together, man, yo, what do we do? We make language in this bitch. We make language for for this culture. This motherfucker looks so alive right now. But I was, I was so scared that the people that were listening now and commenting didn't understand what was happening on this podcast. And so I said, yo, I called you up. I said, combat, yo, you got you got space tonight for me to come in, hang out with y'all, and, and talk At to the At first I was like, uh. <laughs> nah. But I, I, I explained to you. I was like, yo, listen. It's, not for nothing, but I was just like, uh. It's, it's not about me, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm so not here to blow up your spot. Like, even you're afraid I'm here to blow up your spot. But I'm not. This joint here, what you have done here consistently over several years is bring a voice to the culture that we love that is sincere. I, I go in and I watch some shit on Vice or fuck around, I watch some shit on Complex and they bring somebody in to have discourse within our culture, within something that, that we've created. And the people they bring in come in as voyeurs. They don't bring in, they don't come to you, Combat, and say, hey, Combat, we need you to go and do a piece on Black Biker Weekend. Or, hey, Premium Pete, we need you to come and do a piece on sneaker culture. They bring in someone from outside, a voyeur, a motherfucking tourist, who comes in, doesn't know shit, doesn't understand the language, doesn't understand the nuance, and therefore they project themselves as this kind of like, yo, deer in the headlights. But inside here, inside this room, we've never had to be like that. We've always been like, yo, we're from this shit. 
Like, like, yo, we ate fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And we, and sometimes we ate wind pudding when we didn't have food in the fridge. And sometimes we hung out on a fire escape or we went to a park gym, but we're of the shit and, and we're not voice. And I said, man, listen, if, if these people who are listening now don't understand the sincere and real shit that you get in here, it's not about any personality inside here, including myself. And at the end of the day, it's really not about Combat Jack. Although Combat Jack has been the consistent element here throughout. It's about voice and voices who are sincere to this culture, who are sincere to the creatives and the content generators and and the artists and and the dreamers who are sincere to that and and believe in them. Yo, man, that's, that's beautiful. And that's great, but where the fuck you been? <laughs> <laughs> I've, been I've been flying kites. Yo, what's going on, man? Yo, I'm into did flying you, did kites. You, did you get burnt out, man? Honestly, did you get burnt out being here, man? Uh, I mean, I, I get burned out all all the time. I get burned out all the time. Right. Yeah, I get burned out being in here. Sometimes we be in here for hours, and I feel like, oh, man, you know what? We need to change the people we talk to. I, mean, I love, like like tonight. You're going to have Lord Finesse in here, and it's incredible the history that people bring. But I think sometimes, man, yo, we need somebody in here who has no history, who just has dreams. We need a motherfucking Mixie Boys up in here again. <laughs> you know, to, Young pour thug. Some, to pour some Ciroc on the floor. <laughs> but you do that. I mean, you, you, you bring Ty Dolla Sign, you do that. But we, we got to do it more. And then sometimes we don't even need motherfuckers that rap. Listen, internets, whoever's in here, Fuck it. Fuck that. Don't ever tell me that this isn't the most important shit happening for hip-hop. I don't give a fuck who's in here. Wow. Particularly when I'm not here. Wow. True. All right? As a matter of fact, we need more Combat Jackson. We need more... No, we don't. ...voices <laughs> who are honest for the culture and not voyeurs and not these motherfuckers that get brought in by these corporations... Who are really just tourists, who are, mm, mm. you know, like I like to say, cultural carpetbaggers. Culture vultures. Listen, I'm not throwing shots at nobody. Bang bang. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Y'all, y'all in the right place right now. If you hear my fucking voice, then you already tuned in. You already locked in. Cheer. Don't you ever, no matter what happens, take and, and, and put your two hours somewhere else. I don't care how long this fucking podcast is. If it's three hours. I'm not doing a three-hour podcast. If it's no three more. hours, they got, right, you got right. enough time in a week to break the shit up. <laughs> Do an hour a day on the shit. Yo, Dallas, man. It's interesting. You said some very kind things, man, and I, and I really appreciate that, man. You tweeted something the other day, man, that, that, that really clarified what was going on, man, where you was like, if I'm not spiritually in the booth, then I don't need to be in there physically. And that's what I understood, man, because I've been in situations where you grinding and you successful and you doing great things. But if that's not what you want to do at the moment, then you shouldn't be there. So I definitely understand that. You know what I'm saying? So it's good to see you, man. Good to be seen, man. It's good to be seen. Anytime I'm in here, man, I, I, I'll be honest with you, you miss it because you know what? There's, there's an energy, there's an excitement contained with all of you folks here. Even before our guest comes in. Let me ask you a question, man. Mm -hmm. Premium Pete, man. Yes. Premium Pete stepped the way the fuck up. First of all, Premium Pete 
again, the second most consistent motherfucker here. And I and I can't say that. I feel like everybody here has been consistent in who they are. But Premium Pete. Shout out to A-King, man. Shout out to A-King. Oh, my fucking Lord. The, the God A-King. But everybody in here does what they do. And, and what Premium Pete does is Premium Pete is, is still the concierge. All right? You might not hear him, Internet. You might only hear the nigga say chair. You might only hear You may not hear this motherfucker say shit. Yo, he fell off the pause game, though. No, he, he fell off the pause game a long time ago. He fell off. He's not the pause. Pause that shit he lost a long time ago. He did get soft. <laughs> you got you to give us that badge. You got to give us the pause that badge. That. But, but I mean, just somebody, because because real talk, too. I mean, if you just sat in here, like, like we never saw the motherfuckers who rode alongside Phil Donahue or Dick Cavett or Charlie Rose. We never <laughs> saw those motherfuckers who rode with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, they had to have somebody... In the background, of telling them, like, you know what? Today you talk too much. <laughs> Today, you know, you fucking look like the 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 40-year-old uh, Air Jordan virgin. You know, today <laughs> you look like a motherfucker just wearing free shit. Without somebody, you know, in the background keeping you honest, and that's what Pete does. Pete keep niggas honest. Without that, nah, you'd be, you'd be on some dumb shit. You'd be wearing shades right now, combat. <laughs> You'd be in this bitch wearing fucking your scarf your hand shades. He'd be giving scarf hand oh, shades. Would I? I would. You'd be wearing shades, my nigga. You'd be wearing shades. You might have on a sheer shirt right now with your fucking areola showing. All right, man. All right. You know, man, nipple right. shit. Yeah, Dallas Penn, it's good to see you, man. Good to be seen. Are you gonna stick Jack. around good for the rest seen. of the episode, man? I mean, I'm here. I'm here. We you got, got we you got, got Lord Finesse, brother. Yeah. Why wouldn't I stick around? You know what, man? I, Lord Finesse, man. Digging in the crates. Lord Finesse. I, I felt, man, that, that, you know, people take our culture too lightly, man. Like, some, I agree with somebody you. Somebody was tweeting the other day that Jay-Z and Nas need to give it up. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Like, nobody's right. coming to take out Bruce Springsteen. Or Bob Seger. Or Bob Seger. <laughs> Them niggas get fucking, to die with a guitar. No, <laughs> no, no, nobody's saying that, that Rolling Stone. Right. Or, or, or. Aerosmith right. need to give it up, but we the first ones to say that we need to shit on the motherfuckers that opened up the door for all of us. Mm-hmm. So nah, man, I, you know, Lord Finesse, I spoke to him, he's got a project coming out, and I was like, you know what? I don't like to preach, I don't like to teach, I like to entertain, this shit is fun to me. But let's, 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 let's have a history lesson right now. Mm-hmm. Let's teach these young motherfuckers out there that think they know everything about swag and, and old motherfuckers like us is just mad. Old mouse. Let's teach these motherfuckers some shit, man. So listen, internets, we got Dallas Penn in the building. Round of applause. We got Ben Hameen in the building. Burr. Don't don't give Come nobody on, no ben. fucking shout no, out. No the shout fuck? out, but people okay. but, but people have been asking me the same question that they asked Dallas. They fuck say them. All right, well I say fuck them too, but people be like, yo, where the music breaks? Why are you not on the show? So I just want to let them know the music breaks are back. They're on DJBenAmin.com. Hopefully they'll be on the combatjatso.com. Uh, I don't know who runs that site right now, but whoever it is, make that happen. <laughs> I and, run that site. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> music breaks need to be on there, Combat. And fanbros.com, that's where I host where you can that, hear my that voice. That was like when Dick Cheney shot his old man in the face. <laughs> like, remember when yeah. Dick Cheney went hunting with his homeboy? Yeah, the duck. niggas came back, he, and he burnt nigga in the face with buckshot. 
That's what just happened? Yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just shot that again, yeah. combat in the face. Yeah. What accident? Not, not fully dead. Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just relating Yo, what ben the internet say. At least Ben stays the same. Yeah. Yo, we up. had him on the Faramange episode. He was incredible. Yeah. At the end, the way Combat said, uh, Ben, it was good to have you. He said, could I give a shout out real quick? <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, Come on. Yo, shout out to Preezy the Kid. <laughs> Why not? You know? Yo, it's a mess, man. You tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. F your radio. F Cheer. your radio. F your TV. Internets, help Combat Jack Show stay free. Right now. By completing this short anonymous survey, it will take no more than five minutes. Five minutes. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of our podcast and its listeners, like you. You. But wait. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. What? I'm telling you, we're going to give that away. $100? We promise not to share or sell your email address. And we will not send you an email unless you win. Unless you win, B. Unless you win. Please go to www.podsurvey.com slash jack. That's www.podsurvey.com slash jack. To take our survey and get a chance to win a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Don't ever say we didn't give you anything. That's right. Thank you, Internet. Thank Peace. you, Internet. Yo, Internet, you tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Once again, we got DJ Ben Hameen in the building. What's up, DJ Ben Hameen? What's good, brother? How are you? I'm good, man. You know, people have been talking great about you since the last time. You appeared on the Combat Jack yeah. show with Farrell Monch in the building. Yeah. That was a classic episode, Definitely man. was. I'm you glad know, to have been a part of it. What would you feel about that, man? Like like putting the records together and... And then, you know, getting to hear him and hearing his responses, hearing like what went into each record. It was lovely. I well, really enjoyed it. Internet. the reason why we got DJ Ben Hamin in the building is because we want to do the same type of thing that we did with Farrell Monch with today's guest, man. You know, the world is moving so fast and, and our music, our culture has become so disposable you know what i'm saying cats that's been out 10 15 20 years y'all want to get rid of them y'all want to forget about them I'm saying like we're the only culture on the planet hip-hop black culture specifically i don't even want to say hip-hop i want to say black culture specifically is the only culture where we don't value you know the pioneers where we don't celebrate the cats that built the foundation from which all you motherfuckers right now is eating you know what i'm saying like, somebody tweeted the other day, Jay-Z needs to retire. And I was like, why? Like, like nobody's chasing uh, Bruce Springsteen off the stage. Nobody's chasing the Rolling Stones off the stage. Like, what the fuck? Why is it that we got to throw, you know what I'm saying, people, our legacy artists away? So, you know, as part of a history lesson, man, we, I want to go back, man, and bring to the Combat Jack show. You know, he's been listed as one of the greatest producers in hip-hop of all time one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And he's definitely left an indelible fingerprint in this game. One of the found, the founding member of DITC. Do y'all motherfuckers even know what DITC is? Motherfuckers means digging in the crates. Do you know what the fuck that is? Internets. Without further ado, I welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Lord Finesse. What up, sir? Salute. Funky technician in the building, yo. I'm just right. I got my shirt on, too. You got your shirt nice. on? Which, which one you got, man? Funky, Funky technician. Funky technician. Yo, I bought that album, B. I bought that <laughs> out. They say on Wikipedia that album came out in 1990, 
But I remember buying a cassette in 89. Am I wrong? Nah, uh, the single, I think Baby You Nasty came out in 89. Mm. Okay. Uh, Funky Technician came out February 6, 1990. I still remember it. Okay, yesterday. February 6, 1990. So I might have yeah. had, it's early in the year, so I might have had my months. A little yeah, twisted. Well, you, you probably got the promos. <laughs> nah, I bought that shit. I bought the cassette. I remember that shit, and the shit oh. was so smooth, man. So, tell these motherfuckers out here, man. Who the what? What's DITC, man? I mean, digging is digging in the crates. DITC is digging in the crates. That's me. That's showing AG. That's Diamond. Diamond Fat D. Joe. That's OC. Uh, that's producer Buck Wow. Yep. And, you know, I call him the Harlem Renaissance icon slash legend, Big L. Big L, rest in peace. Definitely. Now, you're the founding member? Like, you founded? I I wouldn't say I'm the founding member. I mean, I I, I see founding member, leader. I think, um, to me, I started off watching Show and Diamond. Okay. As DJs in the hood, like two of the top DJs in the hood. And I'm I'm kind of like the glue guy. That's that's what I call myself, the glue guy. I'm okay. the one that kind of made it kind of stuck all together because, you know, it started off with showing Diamond. Uh, Diamond had a group called Ultimate Force that was on Strong City. Right. With him and Master Rob called I'm Not Playing. And then, um, you know, I came after with me and Mike Smooth. And what it was, I know Diamond was a James Brown fanatic and and show, you know, show was around doing doing music and beats. I remember coming to his crib after school, had the nine oh nine up. So these are people that I wanted to definitely implement on my project. Right. Okay. So you really started as a as wanting to be a DJ? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you didn't mention that that finesse is also a I always tell people they don't understand the significance of DJing, especially right. from our era. Mm-hmm. Like DJs was like the president, yes. you know, because DJs, I'm, my, my vivid memory, man, you know, if they was jamming, you know, you got the DJ and you always had like an entourage carrying the crates and the records mm. and the speakers and the DJ is walking hands free. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. You know, and then, you know, they set up. He might set up the equipment, the amplifier, the speakers. He wired that together. Fine then, tune everything. Yeah, yeah. You get the jam going. But he never and, got his hands dirty. Just right. You got the rope around him. A thin <laughs> rope. A thin rope. We ain't talking about the, the, the wall of Berlin. Right. Talking about a little thin double Dutch jump rope mm. around the equipment. And that rope was like electrified because it was like, "Yo, shorty, don't don't get behind the ropes." You might get hurt. Yo, and, and people would respect them ropes, that little thin rope. Right. All right. Cool. Now, if you're a rapper coming up, you know, you had to be allowed to come behind the ropes and rock. You was the DJ's little man. Exactly. If he wanted you to be his little man that right. night. So okay. You couldn't tell your crew, like, yo, come to the jam because I'm getting on tonight. Because you ain't know if you was getting on. <laughs> you know, you get there and he feel like, nah, not tonight. You know, <laughs> later at at the diner, what right. happened? Why you ain't get on? <laughs> nah, the mic wasn't working. Nah, we seen so-and-so rocking on the mic, nah, you know. He, he bought his own mic. <laughs> so, yeah, you had that type. And then after the jam was over, 
you know, the DJ, they break down the equipment. Now he probably bagged him a girl or two. He's walking with his hands around the girl. He's out. Once again, you know, it was like like Karis One in a Jack of Spades video they, with the with the band behind yep, him. Yep, you yep, know, that's the, the same thing. Band, right. But but they carrying all the equipment to his crib. And he right. might not even go home. Yo, tell my moms to let y'all in the crib <laughs> and put my speakers back. And, and I was like, wow, that's the shit. So you I wanted do. you wanted that type of essence. Yeah, that, that was that was like some cool shit. Right. You know. <laughs> so so how did you fall into rapping, man? Um. I was a prankster. I, I used to always joke and snap. That's why it comes off in the rhymes, because that's me normally. And uh, Mike Smooth, he would press me. Now, tell keep. us who Mike Smooth is, man. Mike Smooth is DJ Mike Smooth, a.k.a. Michael Super. You know, um, his name originally was DJ Mr. Mike. Okay. I, I put the Mike Smooth. Because, you know, but Mike was, he was more like my bigger brother. Right. You know, I I followed them every, like, like when I finally got the, to public school, because I started off in Catholic school, you know. What school? Um, St. Augustine. Okay. In the Bronx. I'm proud of it, too. I went, to Saint, I went to St. Francis Xavier down, yeah, downtown. Yeah, they don't know. That puts you about, like, three grades ahead of these other dudes, exactly. you know. Exactly. But um, I would catch him at the tail end of, like, Junior high school, I was coming in at 7th, and he was getting ready to graduate at 9th. Mm. And it was the same thing in high school. Like, I, I catch everybody at the tail end. So he was my big brother, and it was just like, and the knockout artist, a.k.a. the knockout artist. He's nice with his hands. A lot of, put a lot of people on their back. Right. So so, so how'd you start rapping, though? Because you aspiring to be a DJ, and you um, were nice with the with the Rapping with the was something I always wanted to do. Right. I think it really, I went hardcore after Park West. Okay. My high school was Park West. And in that high school, you had um, MF Grimm was there. Word. You had Rich Nice was there. Okay. Me and Kane had a conversation. Mm. Kane was there before he got kicked out. Oh, okay. You had, um, you had like that Harlem feel because I let I met like, you know, Eminard, the beatbox dude. He was in there. So it, it kind of made me hone my craft because and there I was mainly in the gym and in the lunchroom and always rhyming. So you went to like the St. Francis Xavier School of, I mean, what's his name? Was Fame. It Char no, Charles Xavier <laughs> Mutant School, School of Rap and yeah. shit. Yeah, you know, and dudes was nice. Right. I used to hang out with, with my man. His name was Esther Best. Esther Best. Um, Another dude called Rob C. These dudes used to, they used to, they put me on the people like uh, the Most Crew. Okay. You know, people in Harlem know who the Most Crew, they the OGs, uh, you know, uh, who else? Um, you know, you had Eminem, he he would beatbox in the lunchroom, but more more importantly, who else? Raw Bass. I knew Raw Bass, Bass before. Right. So I could appreciate Raw Bass way before it takes two. Right. You know, he had that pizzazz. He had that style. But here you are coming from the Bronx, which was really the essence. Right. Like the, the foundation of hip-hop. And you hanging out with Harlem Cats. You hanging out with a couple of Brooklyn Cats. Brooklyn Cats, yeah. You know, which is crazy. When did you When did you really feel that you was nice? Wow, that had to be probably... Um, I always felt I was nice because I went around the, 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 the hoods battling people. I was, and, I, and that's how you honed your skill, right? Yeah. The battling. You know, that's how I met A.G. Right. By battling. Okay. You know, that's how I met Percy P. By battling. You know, I want to play something for you right now, man. I know uh -oh. this is a remake 
But I want to play something for you, man. This is a remake of one of your earliest recordings, actually. I think I know what you're about to play, but we will check it out. Yeah, this, this is actually, I'll tell you, this is you and Percy P. battling. This is the remake because it's a lot cleaner. Oh, but, but I want to. The uh, remake was what it was was uh, trying to emulate that battle. Ex- thing again. And did you guys say the exact lines that y'all? Nah, said? these are whole different rounds. Let's play this. Man. One, two, three, four, get it. Uh, 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 2003, Law Finesse. I used to coach the team, Sam better on the mic, find an ace up my sleeve, never on the dice, pushing a 2002 if the shot was dead, sitting on 110 if you count the spare. See you out your mind trying to face the guard, your rhyme is like an empty prison, a waste of bars. No time flashy, I scrape the squad, we don't ask for shit, we just take what's off. Got the skills of titanium, straight to the cranium, try to play me in, we could go to war like Iranians, the deep cat. Speak rap as long as the beef fat, I should've be off the beat rap. Law finesse, don't harass the guards. Spit four bars, piss on like half the squad. Sort of savage, I don't gate bash, I slaughter faggots. You niggas playing Russian roulette with automatics. See, on the street, you're on top of the rank. Three words when I get the dice, stop the bang. Bet against me, yo, you get your cash took, and even my street team promote nothing but affluence. How can you win in this world so cruel when you learn the game? Niggas change the rules, you gotta keep cool, get down and make moves. Showing in this land with cash rules. If money makes the world go round, so be it. I've been broke before, ain't trying to repeat it. If your plan ain't talking about grams, I don't need it. Your vision ain't picture and cream, can't see it. A rap battle I can't begin, cause I'm flipping the bastards like a gymnastic champion. I entertain well, amateurs lose stamina, trying to examine the lyrics to damage the brain cells. Yeah, I pulled it, the gas trigger, I'm fake black, biggest and whack, niggas making bullshit. That niggas gotta quit popping a lot of shit. I'm not a bit impressed with your raps, so it's not bad at it. Foes with audacity, trying to smash the P won't last with me using the full capacity. Rhymes to give y'all, flow like a ripper, with a high tide, I glide, swiffer, and dip from others. Take a note or two, put your shit flop, and you get dropped by the hip hop's portable. Catch the pro at this, a Kodak this, shit your whackness can flow like this, so go practice. Dying lyrically with it, visit me, fit it to take a hit, I break a shit and make it quit it, and try to get it. My rap recital and try to vital, that's why no one attacks and try to smash my title. If you're clever, never play me close, champ. When I kick it, I get wicked, I'm licking the stick it like a post stamp. Like take six, I can make hits, I compel, I should sell a million, never live in the rock, fella. Got deals in the rap field, the reason I got bills, cause I got ill, be some rap skills. And yes, y'all, as I bless y'all, it's me, Percy, be on love and that y'all, fresh y'all. Huh. Yo, like how many fucking syllables did y'all put in them raps, man? Nah, man, I, I mean... Tell us about the original battle, man. Who's Percy P? And why is it so important about... Why is this battle so important in your history? The battle started because, like, me and AG was, like, Starsky and Hutch. Like, after I caught up with him, he was dating a girl across the street from where I lived at. He was looking for a DJ. I was doing house parties at that time. Right. So she gets her brother to call me or find me and brings me to the apartment. And A is looking like, "That's, that's finesse. That ain't... She was like, nah, he DJ too, because she told him the oh, government did. name. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to have to find Rob. Right. So, he ain't know me by Rob. So, they, I come in the living room. I'm like, and he wasn't AG. He was infinite. Okay. And I was like, wow, you still rhyming? He's like, yeah. And I was working on Funky Technician. Mm-hmm. So, I said, yo, I want you to come to the studio and get on these songs with me. Did you have your deal yet? At that time, yes. Okay. At that well, time. Wild when, pitch, right? Yeah. So, now, 
Well, we no. I I I started the. I just got the deal. Okay. You know. So you. And the funny fresh. thing is, I got the deal to enter the seminar. I didn't get the deal like people was to put out an album. You're talking about the new music seminar. Right. The only way you could get in the seminar if you had a deal. Right. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the best. Right. That was my my goal. And I you had just, battled uh, Mikey D. Who? In the first round. In the first yeah. round. Now Mikey D. Internets. If y'all don't know, Mikey D. Was one of the hottest cats. Out of right. Queens. Yeah. Like he was like motherfuckers did not fuck with Mikey D. And you came and you battled Mikey D. Right. And you beat him in the first round. Right. And that's what ended up eventually getting your deal with Wild Pit. It 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 ended up making everybody putting everybody on notice. Right. You know, but before the seminar, I battled Percy P the day before the seminar. Okay, now now who was Percy P? Okay, Percy P was him and uh, what do you call uh, uh, the uh, the he had a partner it was him E. Kim and the other dude A.G. battled his partner beat his partner right so it was the stage was set for me and him to battle okay and we've been like missing each other you know like this was supposed to take place here right. take place there that's why you know it was a prep battle because you ain't have camcorders in those days like that right you ain't have this was a what year was this 89 right 80, this was 89 89 you know there's this footage of you and him battling yeah only reason why i didn't use that original footage is because it sounds so yeah, yeah 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 you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah yeah but that was set up right. it was ready it was going down it was like it a was championship like, fight when i came it was like oh he here right yo cool purse out the window hey yo he here <laughs> you know this dude comes down he comes down the block I'm looking at this dude. He got on like some slacks, silk shirt, and a do rag. Oh, he's clean. Yeah, he's he's he's. You know, I'm like, this look like semi uncle. This don't, <laughs> you know, this don't look like a rapper. Everybody that you know they was telling me about, you know, right. And it's like, man, this this is this gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna handle this real quick, right? You know, and man. That first verse he spit had me going like, "Wow, what what did I get into this?" Time? <laughs> what exactly did he say that made you? His flow was just something like never heard before. Mm. He was like, he was like, like sulfuric acid. I'm lethal. Soon as my words reach you, I eat through brains of those I chose to speak to. Wiser and smoother, keep up or I lose you. When I maneuver words, when I heard I confuse you, bruise you, high potent, devoting. Much time in the one rhyme, every rhyme of mine is worth quoting. I'm like a college dorm. People will swarm for knowledge. Applicants chill out and fill out a form. Oh, so <laughs> like, this, is, this is his first salvo. This is, this is out the ring, Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, yo. <laughs> that shit was crazy. And now he doing it over funky drummer, so it's, I'm... It's going like three times as fast as I'm saying it. I'm saying it in slow motion right. so people can He's actually it so articulate the words and how he is. And I'm sitting right. there like, it's going to be a long <laughs> So what did you come back with, man? Like Because the word on the street is you won that battle. It, it, it Because what happened is he messed up doing a – it was crazy because it was him and his partner was there. Okay. So if you look at the battle, it's on YouTube – if you look at the battle, when he messes up, his man is helping him, like, uh, remember the rhymes. Like, his man starts saying the lines he messed up. Okay. And then he kind of get back on being like, hey, whoa, uh, whoa, he can't help you. 
<laughs> you know, and it was crazy, but the battle was a tight battle. Right. What got you? What it was a you spit? It was all types of the funky technician before right. it was the funky technician. Right, right. But so, when did you, like, before he messed up, did you feel like you had it or... Once I feel like it was tight. Right. I felt like it was very tight. I, I I felt like I don't know which way it can go. Right. If he have any more like them first, <laughs> them first verses, it's like, like, you know, and then it's like when you battle, you can get so excited. It throws your whole mind off. The adrenaline, it, the and pressure, everything. Right. So I'm thinking if, if, you know, it's a part in that battle where I get excited and go, oh, because I remember the rhyme. And then it was like, nah, nah, no beat. And then I, I do it a cappella. And, and, you know, that's mm. that was like the last verse. Right. You know, so. So you basically ended it with a cherry on top. Yeah. And, and, you, and you won that battle. And yeah. then the next day. It was now, a seminar. Now, let me ask you something, man. Like, in the realm of things, man, the world is full of possibilities, man. How did you win in that battle change your life? Uh, I didn't win the battle. Okay. I didn't win the seminar. No, I'm I, saying the one with, with Percy. How did you win in that change of life, man? That um, one street battle. Did that, I mean, you know what I'm nah, saying? Nah, I, I had a ton of battles. Right. That battle was like whatever epic sports event that went down, it went down, was probably my top battle in my career. Right, okay. But I didn't know it was my top battle because I was still battling, so... You know, now I can look at it and say what it is. It was my tight battle and probably the the illest one I had to go through. Right. You know, we was battling people. People don't know like that's how people got on. That's yeah. how people not even got on. That I was, wish that's what people did. God bless, man. You know, Big L right. has a tape. He had a tape. People don't know. A G and DMX battled each other in the castle. Oh, word. And that's on video. I mean not on video, it's on cassette. It's on cassette, but it's not, it's it's not on online cassette. yet. It's not he all... put it in his book that he battled both of us, but right. he battled A. Okay. You know, and that's it's I wish I remember Big Al calling me going, Look, yo, guess what I got? And that's and he just played it and I'm hearing the vocals and I'm hearing the, I'm like, yo, that's the battle from the castle. It's like, yeah, and I never got a copy of it. Now, from what I understand, man, like like I read an interesting story about how you met Big Al. Yeah. He was DJing, and L. It was an autograph signing on One Twenty Fifth Street. Okay, after your album came out, right, right. Funky technician, funky technician. And he comes in with his boy, and you know he sent his boy. He too cool to approach me. He sent his boy. So you he know, was too cool even at that young age. Yeah, right? or or probably intimidated. Right, you know. But it was like, yo, my man can rhyme. He won't rhyme for you. And, at this time, hundreds of people came up to me. They had no time that. for that. I'm like, look, man, I'm gonna give you my manager number, and um, from that point, you know, if my manager dig you, then uh, I'll 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 work with you. Right. So you know, he tells his man, his man come back. Nah, he said, yo, he gonna rhyme for you right now, and you don't like him, he won't even fucking bother you no more. Okay. I'm like, word? Okay. <laughs> All right. And you didn't even think nothing of it, right? Nah. And they, the funny thing is they had a setup in the back with a mic and turntables and everything. Where, where, where was the sign? Rockin' Wells on okay. 125th Street. That's why that's online, too. Because when... When he rhymed for you, was online? Yes. Wow. The, his audition is online? Yes. Fuck. Yes. 
and you could hear me going, yo, shorty, nice. Shorty, nice. (laughs) You know? And um, I was excited, you know? And he sounded sounded like me. Right. But I ain't look at it like that because I'm looking at his age and how his vocabulary is being put together. Right. And if he's doing it at this age in three to four whatever years, this dude's going to be an animal. Now, cats were calling him. Your son at the time. They were calling him like yeah, little. Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't like that. Right. Because I didn't want him to think I was looking at him like that. Right. No. Do you I, think he was looking at you like that, though? Nah. He was looking at it like he was my man. Okay. You know, he was my little man, but right. he was my man. Right. Because I was living on 58th Street at the time, and he was going to um, West Side. West okay. Side is on Amsterdam. I forgot which street it's on. But I, I would have to always go up that way going to the Bronx. You know, I used to have mad car services. Right. So he would call me and go, yo, man, got a half a day today. Uh, a word. So you're officially the cat that officially co-signed him. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. You know, before um, we before we get into the whole Big L thing, I want to play this record for you, man. This is This is the record that really got me interested in your career. This is after your record came out. And it's the title track of your your, your album, Funky Technician. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Law of finesse and effect, cause I rhyme hard. Look, good flow, smooth, yeah, the whole nine yards. I make the girl strip naked and just give it here. It's like taking candy from a kid in a baby carriage. Suckers vanish because I do crazy damage. Crews I smoke in this. Don't even joke with this. Just listen to the sounds of the phone. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Ain't that something? Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. No one to disrespect. I kick the rhyme and make them seize one and hit the deck. And give it up and use their rhymes as a sacrifice. Brothers try their best, they ain't even half as nice. They try to kick it by using that saw for rap. Me sound whack, nigga, please come off of that. I'm mystical, musical. I might confuse a few. Law finesse getting funky as usual. Releasing some fresh work, sparking the network, cause I'm the expert. Wearing sneakers and sweatshirts, jeans and hoods, there's no doubt that I rap good. I walk with a bot with my hat turned backwards. Too many. I may look like a hoodlum, but I'm a rapper and a pretty damn good one. Cause I could get smooth and mallow while like a juvenile. I get swift with the gift and just lose the crowd. State the facts, create the raps. Those who try to down me, better step on my face with that. Cause I could get raw like many or any one of them. I'll take a nine when you rate me from one to ten. I got skills, so don't try approaching me. I keep rhymes in stores just like groceries. Don't try to snap true, cause it's manly strapped. Come correct, you be leaving home handicapped. In a straight jacket or a wheelchair. And that's lost your touch? Nah, it's still there. So, so, so this was, was this premieres? first professional gig like as a, as, yeah, a, as a DJ he should have got like executive producer because um he was overseeing like premiere wouldn't miss none of my sessions right so he would have me in the when I'm in the vocal booth doing vocals because Mike Smooth had he still had a job so I was with premiere all the time right even after the seminar you know I would go to premiere crib he had a spot in the Bronx off of uh, university 
and I would go there and sit in the crib all day with him and Guru, and he would just play joints, and he'll tell you, I, nah, that ain't funky enough. I, I want this. I want that. And, you know. So, so he was, in a sense, producing you even though right. he wasn't even, was was he signed a Wild Pit? Was they, were they signed a Wild Pit? Yeah, Pitch? they were signed. So that's how y'all met. Right. Okay. Because when I was in a seminar, when I was in a seminar, Stu had him in the crowd with him. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't Stu know. Stu Fine, you talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. I don't know about this dude. Uh, tell me what you think, you know, because I don't think Stu had the faith in me because Guru was the one that picked my demo out uh, and told Stu, like, So they were signed need. before you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before me, it was them, Chirab G, and Lati. Isn't it crazy that cats from Boston and Texas is co-signing a Bronx rapper right. in New York City? Not only did they co-sign me, they co-signed um, uh, UMCs. Wow. And, you know, because Premier, yeah, Premier was going around with the demo tape, and we were sitting, in his, and he had a pickup truck. And I never forget UMCs. Y'all had this record called "Get Your Head Out My Nest." <laughs> that was that was a demo, right? And that it was hot, you know. And Premier was like, "What you think about that?" I'm like, "Yo, that's dope," you know. So they had a lot of influence on on Stu, right? Them and it was an A&R by the name of DJ Word. Okay, you know. So yeah, you know what impressed me? I remember thinking back, man. What impressed me about that record? wasn't only the flow, wasn't only the production, but the even the concept. Like, how'd you come up with the concept Funky Technician? Because that's what caught my attention. Like, are you this technician of rap? I, I don't even know, man. I just, I wanted something different. Right. Like, everybody had them them, them titles that, that, I just always wanted my titles to be just some majestic I'll, even Lord Finesse, like, coming up with that name was, I just wanted something where you say it, it's like, wow, who the hell who is the fuck that? Is Lord yeah. Finesse, yeah. the funky technician. You know, That's so, a lot of fucking titles, B. Yeah, funky technician and, and you know, slave to my sound wave and, you know. I, I love, I love too, how, how people, how you felt during that era, like, yo, I can't just be like I have to be an engineer. I have to be a scientist. Right. Is is that is that due to like I feel like Cool Keith's influence on and not just Cool Keith, but 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 the culture itself would not let people just simply be. You you had to be you had to be. You great. had to like like nowadays when you know they talk about how lyrical dudes are now, it's like it's like special. Oh, right. he He's special, <laughs> you know, and our days that was a standard. You right. had to be nice or you can you can be into another category of rap, but they didn't take you as serious as they took the nice dudes. Right. Like, you know, because you had Kid and Play, yeah. you had um, Salt and Pepper. They had the hits, and, but you was like, they don't, yeah. you know, they just, you know, but the, they just play the lyrical dudes was just like, yo. They had a higher sense of royalty. Yeah. It was royalty, actually. It, you know, they had them rhymes that you, you re-quoted because they was that witty. Right. They was that well put together. They was that thought out. Right. You know, Rakim, I put seven MCs, take them in the line. scientific. Put seven them rappers to think they could rhyme. Right. Well, it'll take seven more before I go for mine. Now, that's 21 MCs ate up there. You're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
You know, or even niggas never gave a fuck about math until Rakim. Yeah, even like you talk about Run DMC. My favorite line that had me bugging was um live at the Funhouse. Now, if you say you heard a rhyme, you're going to have to fight because it just made, made the, the motherfuckers, motherfuckers up last night. Like, oh! <laughs> you know, stuff like that was just dope, right. man. And you, what was incredible about that era is it wasn't, like, it wasn't a cosign. Like, like somebody tell you, like, how today is, yo, this dude is crazy. And a lot of hype all the, Yeah, all the hype. And then when you finally hear something, you go, for real? You know, like, you can listen to Live at the Fun House and they doing that routine and you could feel the energy of the crowd that's there while they doing it. Right. So you know it's not hype because the crowd is feeling what you're feeling. Right. It's the same thing if you listen to a, a old Cold Crush tape mm. and they rocking those routines mm. and mm. the crowd is going crazy. You feel that energy. Cold like, Crush is the niggas that got me hooked to this shit. Yeah. Cold like, Crush is the niggas the first first tape i ever heard was cold crush like i'm i'm a student like right. I, I i thoroughly study and that's where a lot of things that i do come from like one okay you got dougie fresh they call him the greatest in the team and by by that's him but they they should put busy b up there too mm. you know what i'm saying because busy b to this day if you put him on a stage with no hit record he'll turn it upside down like, he showed me what it is to put on a routine, a performance right. with no hit record. Right. You just rhyming off of everybody else's record, and you destroying it. We had Russell Simmons up here a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. and he said his favorite performer was DJ Hollywood, who definitely didn't have a record out. Right. would come out and perform, and the crowd would go crazy. You didn't have to have a hit record. If you were a great You had to have style. Right. You had to have character. You had to have presence. You know, it's... Creativity. It's, it, it, it hurts, you know, listening to this generation because it's all about money and marketing. Right. And they try to make it seem like the culture is irrelevant. Like Disposable, which is right, once again yeah. what I said. As long as you got, got money... And you got the marketing team. Got you, bitches. You got you got all these ad water and mix niggas. You know, <laughs> bunch of ad water and mix niggas. Yo, listen, listening to that funky technician track. Also, the thing that's remarkable is how much I could see the similarities between you and Big L. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, there's just a little bit of similarity. Well, I mean, being around him after a while, it was. Um, wouldn't say it was competition because we never, ever, ever really looked at each other like who's the best. Right. But lyrically, we're always challenging on the punchlines. That was the thing. Who can come with the wittiest, wittiest shit? Cleverest. Yeah, and, and he come with something, I come with something. He come with something, I come with something. And then as the years went on, you know, people tried to just, oh, all y'all could do is that punchline shit. Right. And then we we started changing it up. Like, we started, we called it, like, slick talking, where we can just degrade you without even going into the punchline shit. Just say, that's where, you know. 
It got a little bit more sarcastic. Check the check the referral, man. My whole squad's thorough. We worldwide. You just nice in one borough. We mm. all glean. Plus we fiend for more cream. Yeah, you got some nice players. Y'all just on the wrong team. Nah, I mean, you know, it became slick. That's when L is like, you better spread with them $30 kicks on and get whipped on, knocked out cold and pissed on. You know, it ain't, it's it's no punchlines right. now. It's, Unique it's, guy, extremely gifted, streetwise, devise with that deep mind, speak rhymes, sports sleek dimes, be breaking your neck to peep mom. My chick so ill, got a knock on wood three times, be advised, check the forecast, fuck flattery, want my attention, talk cash, or haul ass. See, go home, vibe with it, because time is money and you can't afford my five minutes. Damn. Yo, listen, I want to play this next record. This next record. Now, now, I was going to say, that's, that's punchlines, but that's combo punches. That's that's not when you just combos. saving that right. Right. That's when you hitting right left. Right. Oh, left, it's just being right, merciless. Relentless right, left, right now. Right. Left. Nah, we was we was into it hard. Like, and then we compound you to death. Oh, you think you nice with compounds? And we lyrical invasions blazing. I got you gazing so amazing. I break down opponents like equations. It's stunning. I weigh about hundred eighty something. I see you coming on your toes, kids. You're lunching. Stop fronting. You're trash at it. Get dropped like a bad habit. Have you falling like a craftmatic? Smooth as sadness, players patent, be in the Himalayan caverns with some chickens playing Sega Satin. Keep papes <laughs> like the amount one in sweepstakes. Guaranteed every year I make triple what the police make. Large fork knock size. If I'm not rolling like a rock slide, I'm laying in the cut like peroxide. Colossal, soulful like gospel, spiritual. Follow the Lord like an apostle. You know, we yeah, I'm was. Done. I'm done. Just, just, <laughs> do, that. just do that for an hour. Get your thesaurus right now. Get your thesaurus out. Hour. Listen. I want to play this track. This was a uh, Big L single, MVP right. that you produced. Right. You know. Now this was the first single off his album, right? No. Um. Put it on. Yeah, put, put it on. With, with, yeah. with, with, with Kid Capri. Capri. Yeah. He wanted a, a commercial feel record. That yeah, I'm was sure the his label thing. did also. Yeah. Okay. Quicker than lightning. You seen what happened in my last white friend? I did. L's a clever threat. A lyricist who never sweat. Comparing yourself to me is like a binge to a Chevrolet. And clown rappers, I'm bound to slay. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm MVP. If rap was a game, I'll be MVP. So, 
how did you start producing, man? Well, I started producing um, after Funky Technician. Um, no, I started producing during um, Return of the Funky Man. Okay. Like, I wasn't, but I was coming up with. That was your second album, right? Yeah, I was coming up with ideas. I just think um, when I got signed to um, Giant Warner Brothers, after a while, I was there, and they didn't know what to do with me. Right. And um, Ice was getting me on all these soundtracks. And I remember the original You Know What I'm About had me and Big L on it. Right. And I was on a Source tour. And um, I got a call, and they were saying, look, Ness, they don't like that. You know what I'm about. And I'm like, well, what they want me to do? They want you to redo it. And I'm like, well, damn, man. I don't. And, I, the, you know, the the joint I had was a joint that sounded like Scooby-Doo. Mm. And I remember I had that beat sitting there for something else. And I went back that day and um, I did that session in about four hours. Redid. And that was the first time I ever, uh, first time I ever did a session with nobody, just me and the engineer. Right. Were and you I'm, telling the engineer yeah, what to do? Yeah, I'm telling them what to do right. now. Right. And are you learning how to touch the knobs, pause, and the whole? Well, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't know how to um, engineer. Right. I, that's what he was there for. Right. 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 You know, but I knew what I wanted. Okay. And I knew how to bounce. We bounce the vocals from the original. You know what I'm about onto there. And if it's funny because in the um, hook to you know what I'm about. That's Percy and Big L saying, you know what I'm about. Mm. Knocking niggas off, knocking niggas. That's them. Right. You know, um, so, yeah, that was like the first the first joint. Production. And then I, I started really getting into it. Then it was like Living Fat for Fat Joe. Then it was like five joints on the, the Big L joint, the Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Right. Now, fat, let me interrupt you, man. Fat Joe says that you are the individual that inspired him to start rapping. Probably so. It's like probably like if that dude could do it, you know. Right. I'm I'm not. But um, seriously, no. I just think that, you know, how it was taken off. It wasn't like it. It just I just went at it hard. Me, show, diamond, and then you know I guess he got inspired because you got us starting to do things. Diamond, it it, it was crazy. So he, you know, diamond kind of kind of tutored Joe mm. doing all his um promo joints for Red Alert which eventually got him a deal with Relativity. Right. So Diamond is responsible for Fat Joe. And then, you know, I was responsible for putting Show and AG together. Which is which is a great put together cuz that happened during the Funky Technician session. Show okay. was looking for uh MC and A was looking for, for a DJ right. and that happened during probably like the back-to-back rhyming um, session on Funky Technician. And then me bumping into Big L on 125th Street, bringing him in the fold. And then during my mixtape era with, with doing the mixtapes, I bump into Buck Wow. And now yeah. Buck Wow is going around the road with me DJing for me because Mike Smooth wasn't. What happened to Mike Smooth, me. man? Mike Smooth always had a good job. That's what people don't understand. <laughs> what was man. he doing, man? Working in the bank or what? Nah, like Parks Department. Get out of his wallet. <laughs> like Parks Department. Okay. To this day, he's he's up there in rank. Like really, you he's know? about to retire with that pension. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, when I like, I seen Mike. When I, I just seen Mike. Mike, not 
was it last Sunday? I think last, yeah, Sunday that just passed, I seen Mike. So, so Mike don't have to wear the green pants no more? Nah, Mike, <laughs> Mike make other people wear the green Yo, pants. Yo, but anyway, let's get back to yeah. Big L, man. For, for cats that hear about Big L but wasn't around, like, explain to these individuals, man, the type of person Big L was, man. Funny. Drastically funny. That's why them rhymes are like that. Right. You know, um, sarcastic. A, a girl asked me for a ring and I put one around her whole eye. You know, no way, pal. My money's longer than the OJ trial. You know, like, he was always constantly cracking jokes, but it only happens if he knows you. Right. Like, if he was to walk in the room like today, if he was living and he don't know y'all, he's just quiet. Right. You just don't, he won't really say much. See, the thing that was said about Big L was and once again it's hard for cats to fathom that but back then even before his prom word was he had far more potential than like a jay-z he was a he was a a scientist lyrically studying right and i think um when he was on sony they didn't know well let me fix it he was the dude until nas came Mm. And it wasn't because Nas was lyrically better than L. Nas probably had the first all-star lineup of producers. Yeah, the infinite cosign. You know, you got Q-Tip and Large Professor. These and Pete Rock. And, and Pete Rock and Premier. You talking and about four, cosign, like, four dudes at their prime production-wise. So right. it's like they just threw L's to the side. Like, yo, we're going to go with the Nas now. Right. And L was still trying to find his niche. Because being under a label, they make you do certain records and, you know, so they toning them down, you know, because he started off with Devil's Son and um, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. And if you listen to some of that shit he's saying on that first album, it's a label can't, they don't know what to they do with that. package that raw you know? talent. Now when he finally, when we started releasing independent records, and he got to do records he wanted to do, like straight him. That's where you get Ebonics and you yes. get you get those type records. Now you getting him going into full form now, and that's why we know he wasn't at his full peak yet, because he's look now at this point he's studying the game and he's looking at what's around him, right? And he's making records and making stuff where he could be him. But he's gonna make these records compete with what was out there. Right. Okay, the the him going to Rockefeller thing is the the the, the respect Jay Z had for him. Not only that is they battled each other. Of course. You know. And, and not and, on stretching Bobito in the street. Okay. You and, know. And, and who who reportedly was winning those battles? Ah oh, man, I mean, I say it like this. That size says a whole lot, man. <laughs> I say it like this, you know, Jay told you all the people we battled before. Right. You know, tell you all that. Why you never talk about the L battle? Mm. If you win the battle, right. you ain't going to say, yeah, I battle, I beat him. You know, but, you know, no. Nah. But, but what you're saying is not really new, though, because cats knew back then, like the word was that Big L most definitely had the upper hand when it came well, to. It, it got to the point where I was battling everybody and I stopped. Right. Right. I got L with me, you know. I don't have to battle. No L was way. your shooter now. You right. didn't have to shoot. Exactly. Right. You want to battle me? Get past my little man. Right. 
If you're nice enough to get past him, what? Then you can go at me. Right. I know you're not getting past this dude. <laughs> it's no doubt in my mind. I know you're not getting past this dude. Right. You know, but I would just have a ball watching it. Mm. Like, you know, putting them in. I remember I put them in the Zulu Nation contest, the rap contest. Put an instrumental tape together for him and put the money up for him and put him in the battle. And he just ran through everything. Ran through everything. And it got to the point, like, you know. Doubled up your money, He right? sounded like me. It was like, nah, you wrote all that shit, Ness. Heard. I'm like, come on, for real? You know, because he was saying oh, the they, stuff. Oh, they, they had to rig the game because he was too nice. Nah, you know, he was saying the stuff, right. you know. You can't beat me. That's the stone truth. Battling me is like fighting the gorilla in the phone booth. And, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Dudes wasn't ready for no stuff like that. Yo, you know, before his... Um, untimely demise, man. Where, where, where was he at mentally, man? Um, I think entrepreneurial. He was, he was there. Right. You know, we had a long talk. You know, sitting in my car, and we, you know, we used to hang out. Uh, I mean, and he was just telling me, and it made me smile because he's telling me the singles he got. He got Ebonics out. He had about five singles lined up. You know. This single going to come, then I got this single come, and I got three. They trying to uh, take me over there to Rockefeller, so I got these records to rock out while we trying to negotiate that. Right. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, your Nest Man, my Ebonics is doing good. So he was focused. Yeah, he was like, yo, and, and it, it made me smile because he asked me in the car, you all right? You good? Your money was you good? And I'm looking like, this the dude that I brought in the game <laughs> asking me, am I good? You right. know, I'm sitting in the whip. I'm sitting in the Lex. And right. he asked me, yo, you good? Right. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. And just told him I was proud of him, you know, because this is him on his own. This is him flamboyant. He flamboyant got his own right. shit going. Right. And that's what it was about with digging. Like, digging was so unique because everybody ran their own restaurant. Mm. You know, everybody was solo artists, right. established, and everybody's first album was a classic. Right. What was your last conversation with Al? Was in that car. That, that was the last conversation. Car, and he performed with me. I think that might have been me driving him home after Tramps because he performed with me February 6, 1999. Right. He got killed on the 15th. Damn. So we was just talking. You know, I drove him home because he performed with me. Right. And that was the show that was setting up for the digging show in March, mm. which wound up turning into the memorial show because he got killed. Right. So, you know, talking to him, I was just, I was just, just happy because he was, he was focused and it was finally coming to fruition for him after going through trying to get a deal and then being at Sony and then Sony not knowing what to do with him. And he's finally, Getting at ready that point to, where he's independent. Yeah, and he's, he's getting ready to just go, you know, because at the same time, you know, he was in Children of the Corn. Right. But then when the Harlem World started. And Children of know, the Corn was, was uh, Big Bloodshed, L, Bloodshed, um, Mace, Cam, and Cameron. Right. Right. But when the Harlem World stuff went down, he was somehow left out that loop. Mm. You know, I, I don't know why. Right. You know, but. He wasn't like 
there with they the couldn't, rest they of couldn't them. put a leash on him. They couldn't they couldn't have him flying out of you cannons. You know, I'm like, but he wasn't a cartoon. My my whole thing was like, what's Harlem World without L? Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I mean, like we all know what Harlem World was. Yeah, I, I keep it real. I mean, and this is what threw me off because when I think of Harlem, early Harlem, let's do the knowledge. It's Kumo D. It's like Spoonie G and Treacherous Three, Raw Bass, Dougie Fresh. Mm. That was like kind of Harlem. Right. Nobody would sound like L. Right. No, none of that street what it is now. He kind of changed the game for Harlem. Mm. So then you started getting Cam and, and Mace and, you know, McGruff. And, mm. and you get that whole thing. And each of this is spawning into other things, into like the the dip dip set and and all these other things. But L was the seed to all that, right? You know, so with this stuff blooming, and he's just still isolated on his own. I kind of didn't get that, you know, especially. But when, you knew what it was, though, niggas. Huh? Was, niggas couldn't contain him, man. He was. It was to me. It wasn't even about containing because. If that was the case, we wasn't brought up like that. If when I put L down with me, I wasn't trying to contain him. Were they intimidated by him, man? Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe. I'm not saying yes or no, maybe. Right. You know. Where were you when you heard about his death? I was on my way home. And as soon as I walked in the house, the phone is ringing crazy. Phone is just ringing and ringing and ringing. My page is blowing up. I'm not, I'm like, what's going on? And then I just remember my ex-girl telling me, like, yo, L got killed. And I'm like, huh? Boom, I, I throw my coat and stuff back on, drive back down to 139th Street, and it was me, Show, and Joe right there seeing him covered. Standing there, literally seeing him covered. She, blood on the sheets. And everything and and I'm I'm thrown off because this is down the block from his crib. Right. This is a dude that reps one three nine and Harlem to the fullest. How can he get killed down the block from a place that he represented represents Carried to the on. fullest? Right. You know, and that kind of threw me off with Harlem. You know, not saying that it can't happen. It's just like why, you know, him. You know, and I just came down and kind of like shut down because it was two things that happened to me at the, you know, around the same time. Me losing my grandmother and then him coming around me telling me like, look, man, you can't quit. Yo, man, you got to do this, yo. And, and kind of get me back into the fold of, of doing records. And then he get killed. And it was just like. Man, that's corny. I don't right. want to do this no more. Right. You know. Where would Big L be today? You think? If he if if that didn't happen, um, I think he'd definitely be up up there with the top, with the top. One thing about him, you can't intimidate him. I don't think no rapper can intimidate him. He's just gonna go home and he's gonna format the illest sixteen to thirty two, and whatever you put him on, L was comfortable enough. Is when we did records. What he would do, he's confident with his 16. He ain't never really go do a 16 and then come out the booth and say, look, I got to do that over. I got to rewrite it. He felt confident that this 16 going to hang with whatever. Right. 
and I and I'm gonna go first. Right. right. And and he would he <laughs> no do overs. He never yeah, yeah. He would set the tone because right. day one, I didn't like that beat when they played like we gonna do day one of this. I'm like this shit corny. This don't change up. No horns. No nothing. And when I heard Diamond and his verse, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to get on this, you know? Right. So he had that influence. But, you know, to rhyme with him, you better have it together because you're going to be rewriting a lot, you know? So, so L is like really the Ricky Henderson of shit. He's leading off, and he knows he's he's going to get on. Yeah, he knows whatever he wrote. He he's gonna is, get a double. He's gonna get a triple. Yeah, like, he he knows it's 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 no. I mean, it took him, it took him like two years to write Ebonics. Damn, that's why them verses is so tight. That's why it's so, cause I got this verse, but no, the other verses gotta be just as tough as this verse. Like it's not two, when he went, he can go light and he can you go said hard. Two years, two years. He can go light or he can go hard. Right. Like if he rhyming with somebody, he know you ain't. Or or if it's one of those type records where he don't need to go hard, he's not going to go real hard. Right. But it's enough where you ain't going to be mad at it. Yeah. But when he get on a record and he want to go. It's a wrap. Yeah, he, he's going to go. It's a wrap, man. He's going to go. Well, you know, rest in peace. You know, Big L, listen, man, let's go to a sponsor break. You tune into the Combat Jack Show. The Combat Jack Show. We're sitting here with none other than Lord Finesse digging in the crates in the building. Yeah, F your radio. Internet. Now a word from our incredible Combat Jack Show sponsor, Hulu Plus. Now, you probably tried Hulu on your computer, but Hulu Plus is much greater than that. I mean, with Hulu Plus, you can watch current season episodes of your favorite shows like Arrow and Saturday Night Live. I've been keeping a lot of late nights recently, so I've had to start catching up on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Hulu Plus, and my sons stay watching Modern Family. Watch every episode of shows like The Cosby Show, Lost, and South Park. I started going back to the early episodes of South Park, and I forgot how bonkers that show was. Like, they give no Fs. Bananas. You can get ad-free movies and kids' shows, too. There's so much to watch. Take total control of Hulu Plus to stream these shows, and thousands more as you want, whenever you want, whatever you want. Hulu Plus works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any freaking streaming device you already own. You can even watch on your phone or iPad while on the train, at work, and at the dentist or in the bathroom. You block off a day and you binge, but just be careful when you watch that TV on your iPad in the subway. This new New York ain't that safe, B. Don't sleep. Stay woke. You'll also get access to originals that you can't get anywhere else. I hear there's this new show called Deadbeat, which is a comedy about a guy who smokes weed and he talks to ghosts. What the hell is that? That's my life. Yo, anyway, I'm about to binge on all of those 10 episodes right now. For only $7.99 a month, get your shows anytime, anywhere. That's like a quarter a day. Right now, get some flourishment in your life and sign up at HuluPlus.com slash combat and get two weeks full access completely free. That's a whole extra week more with this special offer when you sign up at HuluPlus.com slash combat. Please flourish and get these two weeks free. Yeah, man, flourish. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you take advantage of this? So get with it, Internets, and start streaming TV now 
with Hulu Plus. Stream, 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 B. Flourish, internets, flourish. Yeah, y'all need to live. Hulu Plus. Yo, internets, we're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. We got Dallas Penn in the building. We got Lord Finesse. We got Lord Finesse in the in building. The booth. We got yeah. Premium Pete in the building. We got DJ Ben Hameen in the building. Burr. We got Combat Jack in the building. Yo. Always. Yo, let's go. Always. So, Finesse, man, you, you told us this great story, man, about, about Big L and the whole nine and, and your production. Like, you really start getting recognized as being this producer. Did you lose interest in wanting to rap? Well, um, I mean... Or the checks was better as a producer? Yeah, the checks, the checks. Because you had to wait for advances and royalties, and I learned that with production, you can you can still make good money. Right. And you can still get residuals from your publishing. Right. And you get royalty points that yep. if you're on a goal of platinum album, you know, it was just making money with the least trouble and, uh, you know... Doing, doing what you love, you right. know? I want to play one of your most recognizable songs, one of your biggest songs. And then I want to talk about the story behind it. This is uh, uh, on the classic Ready to Die album. Okay. Biggie Smalls. All right. And you got the opportunity to produce the closing track on that album, Suicidal right. Thoughts. Hello? Hello? Oh shit, nigga. The fuck time is it, man? Oh, goddamn. Nigga, do you know what time it is? Oh shit, what the fuck's going on? You alright? Nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you? When I die, fuck it, I wanna go to hell. Cause I'm a piece of shit, it ain't hard to fucking tell It don't make sense going to heaven with the goody goodies Dressed in white, I like black Tims and black hoodies Y'all have probably had me on some real strict shit No sleeping all day, no getting my dick licked Hanging with the goody goodies, lounging in paradise Fuck that shit, I wanna tote guns and shoot dice All my life I've been considered as the worst Lying to my mother, even stealing out a purse Crime after crime, from drugs to extortion I know my mother wish she got a fucking abortion She don't even love me like she did when I was younger Sucking on her chest just to stop my fucking hunger I wonder if I died, would tears come to her eyes? Forgive me for my disrespect, forgive me for my lies But maybe mother's eight months, her little sister's two Who's to blame for both of them? I swear to God I wanna just slip my wrist and end this bullshit Throw the magnum to my head, threaten the bullshit And squeeze the beds, completely red, I'm glad I'm dead, my worthless fucking Buddha head, the stress is building up, I can't, I can't believe suicide's on my fucking mind, I wanna leave, I swear to God, I feel like death is fucking calling me, nah, you wouldn't understand, nigga, talk to me, please, man, you see, it's kinda like the crack did the pookie, and New Jack, except when I cross over, it ain't no coming back, should I die on the train track, like Rainbow and Big Street, people at the funeral, front, like they miss me, my baby mama kiss me, but she glad I'm gone. Me and her sister had something going on. I reached my peak, got kids speak. Call my nigga Cheek, tell him that my will is weak. I'm sick of niggas lying, I'm sick of bitches talking. Matter of fact, sick of talking. 
Yo, finesse. How depressed were you when you produced that fucking track? Nah, I wasn't <laughs> depressed, man. You gotta understand, I that was like my my dark, sinister days. Like when you listen to stuff like that and brainstorming, and all those records was dark because I like collecting soundtracks. Mm. I'm I'm a big, huge, incredible, huge Quincy Jones fan. Mm. You know when he was producing those uh, soundtracks with. Like for the the Cindy Portier movies and mm. um, oh he did so many different soundtracks and I I would love to listen to those sounds and to craft them into music. Because, so you were into the atmospheric. Yeah, like I'm I'm into music that set moods and and set direction and feel. Like I can't do a beat that's not gonna make you feel like something. Right. Happy, mad, aggressive funk it, it gotta have some type of feel and that was just some dark i used to walk out on stage off of that beat oh really i'm off of that yeah so the story behind this shit is incredible because up until this point until before you produced this track for big you started hanging around puff a little bit right yeah like me and and jess west and me jess west tony doe fat damn Ch chucky thompson wow was the hitman before the hitman wow you know like puff was trying to put y'all together right as a like, hitman you know you listening to jesse west it was third eye right and they did like remixes uh, dolly me baby joint dolly me baby yep that you know west wrote that rhyme for puff yeah on there. and um you know, on he got two joints on what Have album Blue Funk. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Dofat did a lot of stuff for Have and and uh, so basically, you was like a pre-hitman until them contracts came. Nah, it wasn't. I think you know what it, what happened was I was doing like the the work that Puff was getting me. I probably get six, seven, eight joints on my own compared to the one he would get me. Right. So it was just like, I'm trying to really eat, right. you know? So it was the math of it all. Yeah, it was the math of it all. Right. And, you know, I just, you know, and, you know, I just wanted to eat. Right. That's, that's the that's Well, the you, were eating, you were definitely eating. But the story behind this is that Puff was working on Mary J. Blige. Yeah. And like, you wanted to produce badly for Mary J. Blige. Yeah, because I came in there, you know. Um, was this yeah. pre or post 411? I think it might have been post. Okay. It was post. So they were working on the second album. Yeah, because, I mean, when I heard you remind me and, you know, I was I was married, man. I was a Mary J. Junkie. Right. But um, Who shout out. Who wasn't at the time? Shout out. Nah, shout out to my boy, Little Sean. Okay. You know, that's, that's, Little Sean was the one who introduced me to Mary. Okay. And he told me she was going to be the next big thing before I heard the 411. Right. It's like, yo, Ness, this is Mary. Mary, this is Ness. Ness, man, she hot. She's going to be the next big thing. I'm like, what? You know, I think I was just wandering out of a club, and he was sitting in the car, and, and yeah. So when I finally heard that was the 411 album, and it was hip-hop the way it was, yeah, I wanted to get one of those tracks. You so, know? You, so you was in Puff's ear. You was like, Puff, I got to get on the next Mary joint. Yeah. And then and he tells you, I want you to work with Big. And, and you was like, was like, 
This was the part. The first, the first joint was party and bullshit. Right. The remix to that. Right. That's the first joint I did. But okay. nah. But when he said big, it, you didn't even know who big was, right? It was Biggie Smalls. Right. I ain't know. Right. I I was listening to West. West was like, "Now nah, you gonna like Big Ness?" I'm like, "For real?" So now we doing. I'm doing a party and bullshit remix, and I'm listening like, "Yo, this dude." And when I finally met him. Yo, man, he was charismatic, man. His personality, he he just reminded me of L, a mm. different L, because he was funny. Right. He cracked jokes. He stayed cracking jokes. So, like, working with Big was like working, going to a party. It wasn't like working. It wasn't working. It was party and bullshit. It, it, yeah, exactly. Right. But not only that. You were anticipating what is he going to say in this session, mm. you know? Like you, okay, we partying, we having fun, this beat is going, but I want to hear what he's going to say because I'm a lyricist. I want to hear what he's going to say. Right. And he would just murder shit, man. So, so, so I was around doing party and bullshit right. and then the making of Ready to Die. Right. So. They're going through your tracks? Like how Like how do they, how do they choose this track? Well, actually. The first track that Biggie did was a record called Come On. Come on, motherfuckers, come With on. With Sonata X, right? Yeah, yeah, but my not the the one you hearing on Born mm-hmm. Again. Right. That's a remix. Yeah. I heard it. I heard the original. Yeah. yeah. I had so, the cassette of the original. Yeah. yeah, that was the first joint right. that I did before Suicide with Which Thoughts. was a lot more upbeat. Yeah. It was more up-tempo. So we was working on that. It's footage on YouTube where I'm actually doing both of the beats in the session. I'm laying both of them. Right. And he's saying in the session, yo, nuts where my bass line at? For come on, motherfuckers. Right. So, yeah, that just happened, didn't make Ready to Die for some whatever reason. I wasn't even there when he recorded for Suicidal Thoughts. When they, cho- I just when they laid chose the beat. Suicidal Thoughts, what did uh-huh, you think? I was stuck. Like, right. why? Right, because it's so. You know, like, I'm, I'm a dude that just don't want to sell you music. I want to make sure. Shit is hot, right. you know, because my name going and you pick something and do something goofy. My name going that, you know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta go home with that shit. Right. Produced you know? by Lord Finesse. Yeah, you did goofy some real trash. Like <laughs> uh, you gotta be, you gotta have some type of integrity as a producer when somebody picks something and they doing a song. You know, you want to get paid, but if that shit don't sound right, go hold up, man. Let me go home and or. Or, yo, you got to change the song. Don't just let people do what they want and fuck right. your shit up, right. you know? But but this was Puff, though. This was yeah, Puff. This and this was, was big. And, and Puff already... It was mainly big. Right. Like, with, with Puff let Big do whatever you want. Okay. And then he came in at the end and said, I'll let you do this. Now you do this for me. And that's where you got Juicy and Big Popper and those songs. But to balance it out because it was so gritty, you know? So he know to get on the radio, I need Juicy. I right. want you to rhyme over this. Uh, Yo, rhyme over this Isley Brothers. And when he did that, that's how you got the joints. Right. You know, so it was perfectly balanced where it was rugged, but he got his radio joints. So you never heard. Nah, I ain't never heard it till it came out. Till it came out. Yeah. And when you heard it, what the fuck? went through your mind i was just happy i was happy <laughs> that my shit made the album right. and it sounded dope right you know like 
Cause I ain't know what was the idea. Now I got a joint for that, and that's and that's like, really for this dark okay. shit right here. You know, cause it was dark, and I liked it. Right. And you know, but I'm like, compared to everything else, the what, um, warning, you know, friend of mine, big papa, you know, me and my, uh, bitch. Me and my bitch. This is totally something else, right? But how he fitted in and ended the album, it it it, it worked. When you think about it, all of those records are great, right? Mm-hmm. But the album is called Ready to Die. Mm-hmm. You really don't understand. Even though there's a song on there called Ready to Die, the album doesn't really make sense until the fucking last record, your record. Yeah. Like you, you. It's it, like, I, I, I get it. It's like doing the album, he's doing so much dirt and grit. And he's probably like, man, I'm tired. I already just ended. I done did all this, this shit catching up to me. I'm going, so I get it, right? you know, but like I said, I was just happy because that album, when I was hearing the cuts, like, okay, let's talk about me and my bitch. Right. Okay. I heard that. Not that, not the version I saw. The original album. one was yeah, better yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. See, original you one know, was better. Yeah, you know, yeah. with the mini Rippleton. Yes. Yep. The original one was fire. So the irony of that record where it was so pretty and smooth but he's saying this real gangster. Sh- oh man, I was like, that's crazy because it's going <laughs> do no no do no 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 do no no and I'm like, ah. they don't know what the fuck you humming, yeah. but and, if it's yeah, online, only get the- only crazy. real people know. Yeah, yeah, you know. Crazy. But when I heard that, I said, this shit is bugged. Right. But it was dope. But you know, many Rippleton people wasn't like, look. Was you're, like, not Yo, gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that over. <laughs> and shit yeah, and guns but you and... know, the album was it was it was dope. I want you know, I wanted that version on it because that version, I got it, I got right. it at the house. Yeah, yep. When the album came out, man, what did that shit do for you, man? Oh man, what, what, what was the phone ringing off the hook? Nah, because I don't think people really took me that serious as right. a producer. Right. You know, certain people did, like, oh, I got to get a little finesse joint. Right. Certain people was just like, yeah, that's a fluke. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was Puff. You right. know, he's the marketing genius. Right. Yeah, you know, it took stuff like Off and On, Trends of Culture. Trends of Culture. It took stuff like, um, it was like I was getting into a flow. Right. You know, I was having fun. Because and the money was coming. Yeah, like the stuff we used to do. It's a culture, right? You know, me, Diamond Show, Buck. We used to go record shopping, so we digging for the rarest loops. We going in the record convention, spending at least two to three thousand on records, <sighs> on records, just to try to find that next jewel. So y'all, that gem. There's no bullshit behind. Nah, we crate. was into it for real. Right. So to hear what Buck coming with, what Show coming with, what Diamond coming with, you felt like, I got to find that shit that's going to fuck that shit up. Because, right. you know, <laughs> we competitive because we're trying to outdo each other, finding great loops. And, mm. So and you never went record shopping in, like, Oklahoma? Like, nah, no, 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 no. I do that now. <laughs> you know, like... Because the game got so go, saturated. Yeah, I go, I do... I, I I be in like Japan, Australia, Africa. You ever, you ever like, dig? You ever I ain't, dug I ain't in go Africa? to Africa yet, and I ain't go to Brazil yet. Okay. Um, 
but I'm the dude that's looking for the untapped. Because people say, people try to hit you with the bullshit like, nah, sampling, it's no good samples no more. No, y'all niggas ain't really digging. Y'all ain't doing it right. You know? It's no good samples on YouTube or wherever the fuck y'all finding y'all shit. <laughs> on, 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 you know? on Fruity Loops and shit. Yeah, like, like you know, y'all getting things that's pre-made, like right. sound kits and so shit. So they're not really doing the work. They're right. not really doing. We rolling up our sleeves, going in, like, spending me and money. Buck, man. And you, how much money did you spend on records that you never even I think my collection got to be worth about a good hundred and fifty to 200000 you Easy. know, just because it ain't even the fact that I spent 200000 It's just the value of those records right. now. They're the rare, the out of print. Like, we used to go in all these weird stores and, and buck, man. i never forget. We went in a store called Pyramid Records on 7th Avenue. And, you know, we in there. We digging. I'm finding joints. Buck finding joints. And, you know, we digging. And I'm hearing. Like, yo, it's rats in here? <laughs> And I'm hearing shit getting knocked over and shit. I'm like, yo, Buck, I'm going to pay for this. I'll meet you outside. <laughs> He's still like, yo, I found the so-and-so album. I found I'm like, man, it ain't, it's just not that serious. Right. What was in you know? Was it? Rats or a No, it was, it was rats. It okay. was big shit. Yo, it wasn't do, little you mice. Rat, you do a good rat impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, because imagine you. you rats went, be digging too? Yeah, rats you be in digging. A, you in a dusty <laughs> store. Right. And it's it's kind of um that hasn't been touched in years. Nah, it is kind of like what's the word I'm looking for? Cause this this record store was like falling apart, infested. Like like, like it's archival. infested. Right. Some archival shit. So you digging and you hearing these noise? That shit throw your that's, whole that's concentration real, off. That's some real Indiana Jones shit, man. Yeah, like I like records, but like not that much. Right. You know. You know. Let's go to this next record, man, because I think. The good thing about this record, man, is it, it, it is full circle, you know, and, and, and it is you working with Dr. Dre now. Right. And you get to work with Mary J. Blige. And this is on a, on a record, uh, Chronic 2001. The name of the record is called The Message. Right. This one is for my brother, Tyree R.I.P. Listen. 
probably packing heat up there. Met up with homies from the street and got deep up there. You knew the way I felt before they ruined the crew. I thought I learned from easy. Now I'm going through it with you. We lost a thug, a son, and a father. I spoke to your son the other day and told him Uncle Dre got him. The Lord must be accidentally pulling your file. Cause I'm still paging you. 911, straight in denial. Praying you get it. But no man can choose the card he was dealt. You either quit or you gon' play him like you get it. I done been through all emotions. From in shock to keeping a poker face to straight breaking down and showing all emotions. From anxious to believing real G's don't cry. If that's the truth, then I'm realizing I ain't no gangster. It's just not me. But you know I'm always ride with you. I miss you. Sometimes I wish I just died with you. Yo, Ben Hameen, man, is that not the most perfect record right there? It's definitely one of them, man. I, I just wanted to thank you for that record. Like, oh, I mean, Thanks. I love, you know, I'm a Dre fan, you know, when The Chronic came out and then when 2001 came out, and it was like you listen to the whole album. And, you know, The Chronic has that sound. I mean, 2001 has that sound. Mm-hmm. And then this still has that, you know, the boom bap, but, mm-hmm. you know, still got the keys and the strings and then mm-hmm. Mary. And it's, and then, you know, even with Dre saying, you know, like, the I'm not against the line, you know, everything. Is Roy- like, Royce wrote that for Dre. Right. Was it Royce? Royce yeah. wrote that? I know yeah, it was somebody. Was I didn't know it was Royce. I yeah. thought it was Jay. I, that shit sounds no, no, so no, no, much not, like not, Jay, not, though. Not Jay on that. Nah, that was before Royce. Jay and them were working together. Okay. Royce yeah. wrote that wrong. I knew right, it was right somebody, but I didn't know it was Royce. Royce wrote that for Jay. The, the, the thing I, I want to ask, Lord Finesse, is like, what what is it like to be one of like a handful of people, people you could count on one hand, that people you could count on one hand, that could just call Dr. Dre right now and have a conversation. Like, he would pick up the phone. Well, I ain't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that record happen? Man? Well, that record really was my record. Right. You know, my record, it, you know, it was, this was the record after the awakening, after my penalty deal. Right. Well, my it was, just, it was for the second album on penalty. So I was out there, and I had this beat going for a while, and the hook was there. Already. And I heard the original. I heard the original. yeah. The hook had um Crystal Johnson and Rel mm. wrote the hook. Mm, okay, Rel. You know, I just think he he took Crystal off of there and put Mary on there for star power. Right. You know. Um. So what it what happened was um I was out there. I was out there with Melman. Melman was the one who introduced me to Dre. Mm. So we out there, and you know. So now, Mel. Did, did Dre say like he fucked with you, like musically? I was I was out with I was out with Dre last May till October. Right. I was just working with Dre. Okay, mm. you know. Um, On what? Uh, who knows, <laughs> man? Dre is like I call him the avid collector, man. Are we getting detox or what, man? I don't I don't know, man. Because Dre's still in the studio. Yeah. Why? He, like, I don't even understand why. He got so much money I'm right now. Because he's a music lover. Right. He loves music. Right. And that's that's what got him to where he at. So you ain't going to never, just because you get money, right. you're not going to fall out of the passion to do the music. Mm-hmm. So he's just doing the shit like It's just for that fun. he don't have to do it. Right. Like, you know, and that's the, that's the crazy thing. But I think the pressure that he puts on himself is so tremendous because he's such a perfectionist and not only the pressure he puts on himself, but we waiting on the detox for, I don't know how many years now, the longer you wait, the more perfect people want it to be. So 
with the perfection that shit ain't coming out. and then <laughs> and then the pressure of how long you taking to put it out right nothing's ever going to be good enough right. so so the pressure and expectation has become exponentially crazy yeah with each day with each and, year with and each... he has phenomenal shit right mm. He has phenomenal, but the in 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 talking to him, he said, "I have phenomenal B records." <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's not the A, yet. right? It's and not the, it's not, it's the, it's not like, the classic Dre A shit, you know. And I'm like, wow, but, you know. But finesse, how did this record happen? How did okay, this happen, man? So I'm playing the record. Like he walks out the room. It's a break time, right? And and Melman is like, "Yo, play that Chinese joint," because he used to call it the Chinese joint. So I guess Dre was out in the lounge, might have been eating, might have been on the phone, and this is playing, you know. And, you know, the door opened, you hear it. Somebody walking <laughs> out the door, you know, and I guess he called called Mel, like, yo, Mel, you know. <laughs> Asked him, Mel, what's that shit? Well, that's, that's, that's his joint, you know. So I remember sitting back because he had me in a Madrion across, you know, on Sunset. Right. For like almost a month, mm. I'm in the, in the Madrion, and um, you know I'm out there playing records, and you know he's like he plays some cool shit, but it ain't you know. So now you know Mel is talking with me. He's like, "Yo, I got good news, and I got bad news." Okay, and I'm like, "What'd you say? Give me the bad news me, first? Yeah, I'm that. That's how I am. <laughs> right, right. Cause maybe the good news gonna soothe shit out. Right, right. You know." <laughs> Yeah, the bad news is, you know, he wants your record. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what, what, what record you talking about? The Chinese joint. But, you know, I know it's for your album. So, you know, I know. You know I'm like, that ain't, that ain't right, bad news. <laughs> 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 shit. He can have that. Right, right, right. You know, that shit going to do, because I'm thinking business. Of course. That shit going to do way more numbers than it's going to do on my album. <laughs> no, I want it on the Lord Finesse album. Yeah. That's that's stupidity <laughs> right there. Right. You know? So what was the good news? Oh, the good news is like, um, I forgot. He won it on the album. That was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you gonna see in the mantra. <laughs> yeah, the good news that I don't even remember the good news. <laughs> you know, it was but, after that. It was like <laughs> You know, um, yeah, so he took the record and and Yo, it, it was crazy. You and, know, and, I had the real here in New York. You know, I'm a, yo, go in the so-and-so studio. Nah, my studio bill is paid. Go get the real. Fuck. Fly that out here. You know, FedEx that out, you know. Right. And he just sliced that song off the reel and put it on another reel. And, you know, and And that. the cherry on top is you got to work with Mary J. Blige. No, I wasn't there when I worked with But her. I'm saying, though, she's on your record. Yeah, she's she's on the record. But you know, yeah, that was that. It, it, it's crazy because that's probably Rao tells me to the day, man. Yo, thanks for putting me on that record, man. Writing credits. That, that right. was like the craziest check I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm quite sure Crystal seen a nice check right. too because she wrote that. You right. know, even though Mary is on it, of course, she get the you know songwriters and the producers. Yeah, I ain't going front, man. When I seen that check. Like, you know, you go to the mailbox with your slippers and, you know, <laughs> shorts on. Your bathrobe and shit. Yeah, you do that shit. And, you know, you open a mailbox. You you know what a royalty statement look like. So I go, okay, this is the statement. Man, I open that envelope shit. I think I walk to the bank with my shorts <laughs> and, and slippers. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 
Like, like Vinny the Chin Gigante. Yeah, like, like, yo, Finesse done lost it. He came to the bank and rolled. White yeah. Peter. Yeah, house they, shoes. They say whatever until I go up to that motherfucking teller and they mm. see them numbers and they go, okay, mm. I understand. Nice, man. You got full credit on yeah, that. Yeah. It says produce, produce 50%. Yeah. The, all, the whole album produced by uh, Dre and Mel, mm-hmm. man, except the message. What? By, yep. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You I know, so that's crazy. For me to see that, I, I was like, wow. And once again, once again, on top of all of this shit, Here's another classic album, and your right. shit closes the album right. perfectly. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I played that record in my Jeep, I just had to sit down afterwards in silence because I had to take that shit in, B. Man. That shit is a classic record, man. I, you know when you got something classic because no matter how old it is, you could just throw it on and it, it has the same effect. Right. That's what's good about good good music right. and shit you can throw that like you threw it on now and i'm like damn yeah, I, I, I did that, sad in the room. that shit still feel good <laughs> right, like, right you know like damn yeah you know but yeah i got yeah. one more record man that i want to play and i want to get your thoughts on this man it's probably out of everything that we played the most controversial record Uh-oh. and you actually didn't necessarily right. produce this. i know where you you know go where i'm going it. with this this is Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza by Mac Miller. Hey, Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza. It's a work of art. I ain't talking Mona Lisa. Dream of rocking crowns. See me filling up arenas. This weed got me laughing like a damn hyena. Yeah, I live a life pretty similar to yours. Used to go to school, hang with friends and play sports. Every single summer, taking trips to the shore. And that was all gravy, but I knew I wanted more. Ain't ever seen a young rapper like one. Can't believe they ass swear it's just a mirage. Still got my training wheels in the garage but i ain't gonna need those i'ma go hard so far i've done pretty well for myself couple trophies on the shelf so what else could i want that i don't have yet well a little more cash in my own fast jet so i can go anywhere 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 anywhere. cali for the kush cause boy i know there's plenty there about to be in music stores everywhere but not yet what do you think about that record, first and foremost? Um, I thought the record was a cool record. Right. You know, I can't really talk about, I can't get into depth with that. I understand. Mm-hmm. But let's talk generally speaking. Yes. Now, the problem with certain situations and the problem with the way this generation works, not just talking about him, I'm just saying the things people want to do with the music supersedes the boundaries that we were doing Mm -hmm. you know when we talk about mixtapes we talk about a cassette tape it went to cd because you got better quality on a cd but mixtapes were made to get a buzz and to promote and break a record people wasn't shooting videos to mixtapes right it was just a promotional tool. Mixtapes was blended. Mixtapes was hosted. You had freestyles on a mixtape. They wasn't separated like song one, song two, mm-hmm. song three, song four. People wasn't doing mixtape release parties. <laughs> so everything that this generation is doing is superseding. you going to different boundaries with the music. Right. And you're violating and exploiting things to another level 
that you don't even know you're doing because you're not even connected. You're not connected and educated Mm -hmm. to what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. when you're taking somebody music and you're shooting a video to it, you know, I couldn't take James Brown whole record and shoot a video to it Mm. and do a video to it because we were scared. We was happy to try to get past it we kept it real quiet right you tried to sneak it past we sneaked James it Brown. past right. and we took bits and fragments right. so we wouldn't take a whole song and shoot a video to it and just say yo i'm i'm giving this, is, this, this out me yeah you know because that's not what it was it's right. rules to the shit mm-hmm. people think now because it's the internet People think now because it's the internet, the rules has changed right. because it's and no, it it hasn't changed. Right. You're just thinking it changed. It's like robbing a bank and people robbing a bank and nobody's getting caught. And you rob the bank and you get caught and you say, well, everybody else is doing it. That don't make it right. You I, know, I, I think two people take license because they say, oh, wait a minute, this is an homage Okay, let me let me give you a now, good... Now, now before I, we I, continue, wait. Let me this give is you... from a track that you produced called Hip to the Game. Right. You produced the whole track. Right. And they basically took the whole track and right. rapped over it. Right. Now, when you... when Okay, let's go from this. Yeah. Let's say you produced a song, right? Okay. You got a song, you own the song. Let's say, um, let's say Cadillac commercial. They take your song and they use your song. And they promoting the Cadillac. And you get mad and say, well, damn, that's fucked up. You took my music. I wouldn't get mad. I would sue them. No. And they hit you with the 52 fake out and say, well, Combat Jack, the uh, commercial ain't make no money. That's not my problem. (laughs) Cadillac is making money. Cadillac is making money. Exactly. People don't understand when you taking the you taking and y'all spent money to make that when you taking music when y'all spent money to make that y'all could have spent some money on me and you using this music to benefit your brand your brand is making money right right Mm -hmm. you know this is to sell you and your brand give credibility give the reason why with with mixtapes now smart people know how to make money off of disposable music because it's used and it's you think it's given out for free, but it's used to sell you something else right. that might be more expensive than the music. So don't get faked out. So now it's like you using music as an investment so you can get paid, you know. Now, am I a shareholder in that investment? You know, um, it's, it's, it's deep, you know, not just, you know, I'm not, you know, because... You know, but people don't understand when you use in music, it's only but certain certain mediums you can go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't know, for instance, you get paid for YouTube, you know? Yep. You know, people don't know, you know, you get paid for a bunch of different things. There's so many you different know? streams of income it's, with the music. But since people lack that knowledge, right. lack that intelligence, I learned that we don't have relevant people that do research no more. I right. call them the cut and paste niggas. Cut and paste niggas. Something is put out there, I cut, I paste it. Right. If it's blasted loud enough, it will be perceived as the truth. Right. You know? Because that's what everybody else is saying. You know, when I'm approached with this situation, 
you know, I just ask, you know, before we even debate, tell me what you know. Don't tell me what you heard. Right. Tell me what you actually know. Right. Don't say, well, I heard this because now you're trying to debate with me with hearsay. Mm-hmm. You know, me, I like to I like to put something else involved. Like you tell your story because most people will approach me with conviction. Mm-hmm. You ready to convict me and you don't even know what you convicted me of. Right. And then when you find out what you learned was wrong, all you want to do is say sorry. Cause, cause, when I want to slap the shit out of you. I don't I don't want the apology. Right. It's like calling somebody a rapist and everybody blast that out there. Rapist, rapist. And, there's no and fact. then they finally clear this dude. That title rapist is on him so hard that the sorry can't get it off. Right. Now, are you talking about the fact that, and like I said, you can't talk about it, but when you did sue Pete, some people were mad at you. Um, they were mad, but they didn't understand. They didn't, they didn't do research. They were mad because it was told that I was suing for a certain situation or a certain thing, but that wasn't it. Right. It wasn't it. So you're convicting me and you jumping on me and you don't know the story. You don't. It's something that's being, I don't have a publicist. Right. So I'm not, and I'm the type that like I did what I did for a certain reason. If you don't know the reason. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's three sides to a story. It's your side. It's the other person's side. It's the truth. Right. If you only know one side and you coming at me, because the way people was coming at me and what was the worst part about it, it wasn't, you know, his fan base I'm expecting it from. Right. You know, fuck you, you old bastard. I'm, I'm expecting that. <laughs> oh, you you must, mad. You, got, you, you bitter. Were you reading you, the comment section? Yeah, I, I was Don't read comment section, shit. my Yeah, dude. I learned not don't, to. Don't read comment but, section. But um, <laughs> you would hear it and, you know. What got me mad was the older niggas that was dick riders. Mm-hmm. It was the niggas that you fucking know better. Mm. Like who specifically? No, no, no. Like who. who specifically? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's still dick riders. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a dick rider amongst me, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, that I got to, you know, have words with, you right. know, you know, but, um. When people was just coming at me and you don't know, like, yo, Ness, you saw a mixtape, niggas? And it's just like, yo, did you do any research? Nah, that's fucked up. You shouldn't do that. And it's just like. Let these young niggas breathe. It hurt to know that I did so much good and to be convicted on something that people didn't know the whole to story. To stand up for yourself. Finally, when you're standing up for yourself. Look, I tell people like this. Right. Anything you might remotely know about Law of Finesse comes from me grinding. Mm-hmm. I ain't have gold and platinum records per se myself. Right. So all my little records, whatever you know about me, my I seen them freestyle. I seen this. So my whole thing is built off of a grind. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let nobody exploit my grind. You know, no, that's not going to happen that's it right there. Exploit. And, you know, people don't know this ain't the first time I've been going at it with the hip to the game was taken by AT&T for a commercial. Mm. People don't know about that. Mm. You AT&T know, T knew about it. 
Right. And I went after them. I know you did. You know, people don't know I've been through it with, with, with Fat Boy Slim for the check it out now. Mm. It's the funk soul brother right about now. So oh, I thought that was an amicable thing. Yeah, like, I, I thought, thought she was you down with that, that. From, the, from day one. Nah. Or wow. you, 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 you bossed up on that shit. Nah, but you got to understand when you go through these things that people don't know. And, you know, with me, this money or this music that I made is for my family to eat. When I'm gone and I'm dead, my family could eat off of this. Right. So I'm not going to let you just do whatever you want with what i hustle so hard for now if you want to throw your music out there it's the dumbest thing in the world when i hear people say well you know i just did 13 songs for a mixtape is for free because let's say you do five of those that's 65 songs you die tomorrow your family can't eat off of that mm. you're not going to be able to eat off of that right that's going to be one for the team right how do your family eat you know and people don't understand. Sell it's a computer. The, it's the lack. The <laughs> yeah, it's the lack. It's the lack of. I mean, everybody does what they do to make money. Right. And this is what people don't understand. Let's take the blog sites, for instance. Mm -hmm. Okay, you got a blog site. The money you make and the money you can accumulate is based off of your traffic. Right. Okay. So the more people that come to your site, the more money you could get from sponsors because this many people come to my site per day. Okay. This many people come to my site per day. I need this type of money. What are you using to make the people come to your site? Using free shit to fuel your shit. You using free shit. You using interviews. You using any wild, creepy story you could put up on your blog site just World to generate, star. just to generate that traffic. Mm. So you using somebody else's thing to make that traffic so why you can eat of course so now if a person come and say well damn you use my shit let me get a cut of that because you know i help get you to eat right now nah, it was a good look for you son that's that no fucking jordash commercial <laughs> fuck you mean good look you know so when i look at this generation all i always tell a generation just be educated on what you're doing right just be educated you know, because you see somebody do something, it's like, it's like they could really swim. You see them swimming and you say, I could do that. And you go out in the water with a life preserver. And somebody take that life preserver off, you start drowning because you, you really can't swim. Right, right. You know, that's nobody but your fault. You know, you have to do the knowledge, but... It's crazy because the internet wasn't regulated. Right. The labels let this shit get out of control. Well, they couldn't control and, it either. And try to combat it later. Right. You know, but it's, no, that's bullshit. They had an opportunity They can control to... what they want to control. Right. You try to put some Beatles shit up on the internet and see what happens. You know, they just don't control our shit. Mm. Uh, that shit, not that bullshit. Once again, disposable art. You try to put some Bruce Springsteen up there and see what happens. <laughs> like, it. it only happens with who they want it to happen to. Mm. Or who they don't give a fuck about who it happens right. to. Right. And, and it's it's so crazy right. when I look at these artists because when I was just telling me and my brother show was talking. Now, it's good to do a mixtape, you know, if it's done with sensibility. You know, but most of these niggas that do mixtape, this shit is like a nigga with a mean handle. 
and and you know the nigga dribbling up the court. And one nigga. And no, you could say and one, but you know it's some nice niggas and one. But you use the you supposed <laughs> to use the crossover to score. Right. Mm. So if you're gonna use the mixtape, you use it to score. To score. You don't cross a nigga over, get in the lane, and bring it back out, and then okay, I gotta do another mixtape, and I'm gonna cross this nigga over again. And then I'm going to get to the lane. No, because all you're getting is, ooh, ah. But you're not scoring. You're not scoring. And that's what I'm saying. If you're going to do this, do it to score. Right. Don't do it. You doing this shit for a couple of dollars, you know, impressing people that don't matter, spending your money on strange pieces of arm candy. Right. <laughs> you know. You know what I like about you, man? Like, you, like. You put so much emotion into your work, man. And and even when we was playing this record, you was looking at me <laughs> with this intense look. I was like, was yo, giving I, you the dead I was eye like, up. I hope I didn't piss. Nah, the mess I, mean, <laughs> I mean, make no mistake about it. Me and this dude is spoken off the record. Right. And, you know, it's, it's squash. Right. You know, we both moving on. I just, you know, what irks me is some people are still trying to live off this story. Like, they won't let it go. Right. Like, yo! You know, and it's just like, why? You know, and and that's what, you know, upsets me and disappoints me with media and certain journalists today. Because they whole basic lifestyle is living off a person pain or drama. Right. You know? Let me say... I always say we we had this talk where, you know, I think if you do a talk show, right, I think you should have everybody dirt like they got your dirt. Mm. So when you sitting there and they start throwing out shit, you don't want to talk about, you got they shit to throw out there. Oh, you want to go there? What about when you pissed on yourself in first grade, you know? Because then that bullshit stops. It's so easy to dig up the dirt of a famous person. Right. But you, you know? do understand, I'm not... No, no, up. no, no, I'm not saying you, right, okay. per se. Nah, I I enjoyed this whole segment. I'm you glad, know? I'm glad I like, you did, man. I like dropping jewels, and I like trying to, you know, school the younger generation. Right. Not in a bitter way. I don't, I don't like to feel like... But it's no way to talk to these younger dudes without them feeling like you're bitter. Mm. Because as soon as they don't like something you say, you're bitter. You're bitter. Or you're hating. You know? Right. But, so, but, but the great thing, they don't take criticism. Right. But the great thing about it, the, what's wonderful about your career is you don't have to be up in everybody's face. You don't have to be up mm-hmm. on everybody's blog site. You don't have to be on the front page to still exist and thrive. Yeah. Well, I'm a background dude. Right. I, I give a fuck about making money. I don't really, you know, people run into cameras. People want this perception and this illusion no, I want to check. I want money. I want to know that my family eating. Y'all can live off of, yo, I see niggas hustle for three months to blow it in one night. What type of goofy shit is that? <laughs> you know? I'm I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Right. And, and making money. To be in the game for over 20 years, you yes. can't tell me I did something wrong. Right. Most of these niggas ain't going past like three, three months. Three, yeah, exactly. You know? Mm. Finesse, tell the audience, man, what you're doing right now. You're DJing. You're working um, on music. Tell tell them what you're doing right now. Right now, um, wow, I'm I'm doing everything. Um, I'm supposed to go to Bangkok to um DJ Bangkok in Tokyo in June, and then I come back and um, I do um, London, Bristol, Brighton. I come back to New York 
June 26th. Well, I, I'll be here June 26th to perform with AG and Diamond and Large Professor in Cretona Park in the Bronx. What? Nice. Nice. Outside. Stage. That's going to be... Summer That's going to be crazy. Then I go to Copenhagen the next month to do a festival. And um, I'm working. I just finished Drugs. up a SB 1200 project where, you know, if people want that awakening sound, let me give you a whole album of that. You run with that. Just, and we, we'll sort that SB? later. huh? Everything was done on the It SB? was done during the time of the awakening. Oh, okay. okay. So I got about like 70, 80 beats. But what? I ain't mm. releasing 70, 80. Mm. I, it's it's a nice project. Nice, you know, and, and it's when, on uh, vinyl. When, when that, is when is that out? That comes out mid June. Okay, and you look that up, Lord Finesse SB twelve hundred. That's project. next month. Yeah. Um, oh, so the timing is perfect right now. The next project after that is the Lord Finesse project, the Underboss project, the new project, the mm. new Lord Finesse shit. And um, I'm just trying to have fun with it. I'm trying to find that medium. What what's gonna make me want to do it? I can't listen to the radio and get get i i know people say well you got to listen to what's out now and you try but no my basic thing is you know you never really had motherfucking marvin gay worry about the new edition and right. shit you know i just believe it's a demographic out there that love real good music and they dying for it i just think that they try to overshadow and hit you with all this bullshit but I'm I'm to the fact where, like you said, I don't want I don't want to go to commercial route. Mm. I don't want to have nothing to do with commercial radio. Right. If it get played, then I'm great. I'm happy. I'll support the people that support me. But I'm not doing this music for that. Right. Like I'm doing it to show older artists that it's a way to make money and do good music without feeling you got to cut off all your facial hair and wear tight jeans and, <laughs> and you know it's 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 a better life than that never, who never do you trust, like right now though never who, trust who, a nigga with no mustache who do you like right now when you say who do i like like, like out, out of the new cats that's rapping and representing who do you who do you like though um i mean i i, I could say kendrick and joey mm. badass and but that's just so generic you right. know mm. like they they on they where they need to be now so i gotta find kind of Somebody I, I like that's 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 you know, I like the Troy Av kid, you know, I like I like him. Um but I to me it's a package. It's mm. it's a movement. And when I think about movements, I'm thinking about dudes like Immortal Technique. Right. I'm thinking about people like um Vinny Pass, Jedi Mind Tricks, mm. MF Doom. Mm. I'm thinking like L Bill like Coke like, like Coca Nostra. Right. Because it's a movement. It's not just it's not just tri state area based. Right. You could go to motherfucking Bolivia and they got that shit ram packed with mm. no airplay. Mm. Like I study shit like that. Right. Because that's the realm that I wanna go. I want a coke following. You know, people don't know the difference between a fan base and an audience. You know, when you're doing Hot 97, you're playing for an audience. Right. You know, the audience is equivalent. A fucking car crash can create an audience. Mm -hmm. You know, people, ooh, what happened? And they all run over there and it's crowded. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the ambulance come clear the scene, and that's it. the audience is gone. That's it. Mm -hmm. So your music go, ooh, that new joint. <laughs> and then a week later. Accident music, right? Yeah, Accidental that's music. what we're going to call it. Accidental music. <laughs> You know, that's so epic. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm looking 
I'm looking for that music that I have a genuine fan base. That And that's an older fan base. Right. The fan base I'm going for is like 26, 27 and older. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. Why would I dilute my knowledge and style and flair to impress a young kid that got maybe 15 to 16 years to understand why I think the way I think? Right. You know, it, it's deep with me when it comes to music. But at the same time, I just want to make sure that my music is on the level of, if not better than when I left. Right. I can release a record tomorrow because I'm low finesse. Okay, they gonna buy it, but nah. I want to create. You know, you got people that brag. Your fans brag, and you don't want to let your fans down because they bragging like, "Yo, when my nigga come back, yo, this nigga gonna kill it." <laughs> and all you gotta do is release that bullshit record, and the audience is gonna go, "That's your man. That's right. This nigga trash." That's it. That's you it. know. That's so it. I, I want to just make sure it's right. right. I want to. And to me, it's good music. I love good music. It, yo, you got to be able to perform that shit. So I study, like, you know, this new generation, you know, some of them. I won't, because I, when I say it, then it's putting them all in the one. Right. But but a nice majority of the new generation, they don't know, they don't appreciate it. So Finesse, Lord Finesse. Yeah, yeah. Yo, thanks so much, man, for stopping by the Combat Jack show, man. I mean, thanks for having me. I'm I'm blessed to be here, man. Like I said, I take every step in my life now as a as a blessing, you know. I'm seeing oh, rest in peace to to DJ Easy Rock, you yes. know. Mm-hmm. When you see people just that we came from that era, they no longer here. That should be touching me like I gotta eat right, I gotta do this right, you know. And you, you look like you working out, man. Huh? Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to tone down. <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like when you get older, you shouldn't have to look like you like 70 and shit. Right. You know, <laughs> right, right. like I want to look like, you know, that cool dude. But I ain't going to be doing stuff like trying to wear the, you know, you're not going to be wearing a you're nah. not going to wear no tight shit shirt or some gold pants. Nah, not wearing gold I ain't, pants. ain't doing that. I'm too with a cool leopard on kilt. <laughs> no kilts. Nah, <laughs> nah, finesse, man. I'm it's not for real, man. Seriously, that, man. man. This was an honor talking to you, man. Yes. And I can't wait till these internets hear this, man, mm-hmm. and, and hear the knowledge that you drop. Because, like I said, man, it's, it, we we're not gonna teach you history every episode, but we gotta understand that you cannot dispose mm. of the cast that created this legacy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm saying so once again, my brother. Thank you, and continue success, man. I, I you look like money. Huh? You yeah. look like money. You look like quiet money, though. I like that. Low-key like, money. Yeah, he look, he, like, look like, he look like low-key money. He you look, look like low-key low money. People don't understand. Quiet. Back around table. I mean, my last jewel, quiet money is the best money to have. <laughs> yes. I'm going to tell you why. Mm. You know, because let's say you, you hit the lotto tomorrow. I right? got a thousand friends. Or let's friends. say, nah, not even that. You set yourself up for the bullshit. Yeah. You know, you got a hundred thousand. Yo, I just came into a hundred thousand, son. You know, yo, can I borrow five? <laughs> you know, five grand? You can't <laughs> say no. Right. As soon oh, as you I say, say no, no, I could say no. You just created an enemy. I've said no. Oh, no, this, this nigga had a hundred thousand. All I asked was for fucking five. He's supposed to be my man. Nah, I'm not oh, your man like that, that. nigga, man. They counting your no, money. No, man. fuck you. <laughs> they counting your money, but finesse. If you don't announce it, mm-hmm. they're not going to ask mm-hmm. unless they truly need it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So niggas set themselves up for that bullshit. Yo, I got this much, and they're going to come. That that sob story is getting ready. Yo, man, see what happened this month. I was expecting I don't give check. a fuck about what happened to your grandma. <laughs> yo, that's like Sean Price. He's like, yo, motherfuckers around his hood don't got to confuse him or they don't think he raps anymore. They don't even know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yo, Finesse, man. Thank you, man. All right, man. And Dallas Penn is good to see you too, man. Combat Jack, it's always good to be in the booth with you gentlemen. Yes, sir. Right. Ben Hameen. Yes, sir. Oh, man, this is a classic, Another man. Episode. Gems drop, man. Yes, sir. Internet, man. You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because of life without dreams. It's black and white and the universe flows in technicolor. Surround sound. I'll see y'all next week. Blah. Blah. F your chill. Numenati! <laughs>